Thanks for joining us this week on Happified for my conversation with Pat Alva Craker, who after a career as a successful corporate businesswoman, turned her attention and her diverse talents to supporting other women in creating a business or making their own professional achievements in ways that are aligned with their values and maximizing their gifts. I know you're going to get a lot out of this conversation today. I am so glad that you're here with us. Living in a stressful world doesn't mean you have to give up on happiness. Instead, you can shift your perspective of stress and discover how to live your life in flow. Welcome to Happified. I'm your host, Susie Vine. Join me for inspiration and interviews with folks who are shining their light in the world in the areas of positive mindset, health, and wellness. I'm so happy to have you here. Let me ask you a question. How do you answer when stress calls? It comes in on lots of different channels these days, sometimes as white noise and sometimes with bells and whistles blaring. You may try to power through, working harder and pushing yourself to the limit in the hopes that doing all you can will be enough to get you through. Stress can feel heavy, ominous and maybe hiding inside of any new email or notification on your computer. What if, instead, you see stress as an opportunity to rise and thrive? What if stress not only strengthens you, but fuels your success? It's not a dream, and it's not a secret that's exclusive to the power players. If you shift your perspective, you can empower yourself to enjoy a radical shift in how you show up to stress and how stress shows up in your life. Want to learn more? I have a special report for you that shares some tools you can easily incorporate to start putting stress to work for you. It's available for free at happifiedlife.com. Click on the gift button to pick up your report today. Welcome back. I am so happy to have you with us this week as I am joined by Pat Alva Craker. She's experienced many ups and downs during her life. Instead of giving up, she fought. She was her own catalyst for change and was determined to create the life that she envisioned and that she deserved. Earlier in her career, Pat was a project manager at IBM and helped her husband manage several different companies. When she received a breast cancer diagnosis, she dove into the studies of complementary healing modalities. After years of service, she was laid off by IBM. She found a new career at Lockheed Martin and began developing a part-time business that she really loved, coaching practice that offered project management services, life and business coaching, and alternative medicine. And I love to see people creating a business that lights them up, that really fills all of the blanks and brings their unique experience to mm -hmm. the table. Now working as a business strategist, mentor, trainer, speaker, and author under the banner of Majestic Coaching Group, 
Pat continues to mentor female entrepreneurs who are making a positive, joyful impact in the world. Pat, thank you so much for making time today and joining me on the show. Oh, Susie, thank you so much. I just love the theme of your podcast. Stress-free, less stress and more flow. Who doesn't want that, right? We all need that. And I know that you're making a difference uh, in the world out there, especially with women entrepreneurs, because you and I know it can be very stressful being an entrepreneur. Yes, it can be. And one of the things that I see people doing, not only women, but and not only entrepreneurs, but when we work to get ahead in our business, we tend to think we need to focus first on success and that kind of relegate ourselves to the backseat. I'll get back to me what makes me happy, tuning into my health and my own personal needs when I have time. First, I've got to take care of this. And it sounds like in your own experience, unfortunately, due to this harsh diagnosis and discovering you had cancer when I think you were still very young, you kind of came face to face with how those priorities don't quite line up the way that we think that they do. That is, uh, that is so true. It was uh, definitely um, an awakening. It, it was a call to really stop and pivot. And it caused me to, to look at my life and say, where am I, where am I aligned? And really, what is the true cause of the cancer? And what do I need to learn from this experience? Because it's not an accident and I'm here to learn something about it. So I became very curious and I, uh, I studied Louise Hay and she has a book on healing and called You Can Heal Your Life. And I learned that when it comes to breast cancer, it's about overgiving. And I just went, as soon as I read that, I said, yep, that's me. As the oldest of five, I was over, over giving, trying to solve the problems of my siblings uh, in, um, at work. You know, I was over giving because I didn't have good boundaries. And, you know, really, I, I found myself just depleted. I didn't have enough in the cup to really give to any, anybody else, my family, even myself. So I, I came to, uh, to a point where I needed to ask myself, you know, what do I really value in life and what really matters? And from this point, how will I pivot? What changes will I make in my life that will allow me to be healthier, uh, more in balance and really do the things that matter? And that's where I, I came to an understanding that uh, it was important to have boundaries right? It was important to have boundaries. And, you know, when I, when I was growing up and even as I, I, mean, I did get, you know, cancer in my forties. And one of the things that I realized is that there were points in my life where I just didn't even know what I stood for. Right. And I just was wanting to fit in. Uh, I wanted to belong. I wanted to be seen as a team player. And because of that, I was the poster child of the doormat. I was a poster child, a poster child of the doormat. And I said yes to situations where I really wanted to say no. And, you know, I wanted to help everyone at the cost of my own peace of mind and my health. And it got to a point where I was experiencing a lot of frustration, anger, bitterness, and I was emotionally, physically, and spiritually just drained from that. And, and there was this level of anger and really the anger and the frustration that I felt for other people, it really wasn't 
it wasn't them. It was me. I was angry and frustrated at me and my inability to stand for myself. And so that caused me to put a lot of hours into my job and had a lot of stress that was unnecessary because I was doing things that weren't really in my expertise just to be the nice guy, the, the team player, the, to be accepted. And, and so many women do that in corporate mm-hmm. and then they bring it into their business. Would you agree? Absolutely. I think that your story is one that rings true for so many people because I know um, I was raised in the Midwest, but I don't think it's unique to the heartland, but there's very much this expectation that um, girls will be helpful, supportive, you know, agreeable, not make a fuss, not stir the pot or cause any trouble, you know, be very diligent, hardworking. There's a lot of expectations to come also without any complaint. And, you know, that picture of corporate success is say yes, be ready for the challenge, step Mm -hmm. up and demonstrate how, how good you are at your job, but also not to, to really make waves. I find it fascinating when I hear things like, in, in applying for jobs, um, men may uh, throw in their resume and say, yes, I feel qualified for this job, even when they don't check all the boxes. But women always feel underqualified, underprepared, and will sit back and miss opportunities because we, we don't take this opportunity to, to speak for ourselves and to proclaim our own potential. So there's, there's so much in what you were just saying that I want to um, come back and unload. So I know we're going to have a terrific conversation today. Um, and I wanted first to highlight the fact that your terrifying diagnosis and, um, you know, there's just more and more, you know, we just can't even go, it feels like months without learning that a friend has a diagnosis, if it isn't our own. Um, Cancer has become so prevalent. And your, in that moment, decision to get curious and to seek your own answers and resources, I think is so empowering. And I really want people to listen to that because without your taking that initiative and taking that stand for yourself, Mm-hmm. It's hard to think of where you might have gone in that process, only you know, emotionally and spiritually, but also to the extent that you really created the foundation for your own healing, because it does take this, this broader scope of modalities than we can find in Western medicine. Yes, it, it is so true. Um, you know, one of uh, my mom is a breast cancer, uh, also had breast cancer. So you can just imagine when I learned that when I found that actual, that lump myself and the thoughts that went through me when I'm like, okay, my mom has breast cancer, you know, what are the chances that I'm going to get it, that it will. And so, yeah, it, it's like at that time, when we thought about cancer, it was like, am I going to die? That was the first thing that would go through your mind. Am I going to die way back when, uh, before we had all the technology and all the discoveries now, that was the first thing that would come to mind. So, you know, I remember hearing the diagnosis and then my husband and I were going on our way uh, back home and we were an hour from the hospital. And so I remember sitting in the car and I said, I am going to heal myself. I'm going to heal myself. 
and just claiming that. And I didn't want to just turn over my health over to a traditional doctor because so many women just give up and say, you take care of me. I'll do whatever you tell me. And I didn't want to lose that power in my healing journey. So I took in the traditional medicine. And like you said, you know, we, a well-rounded healing journey really includes alternative medicine. So I, I dived in and I learned a lot about aromatherapy, diet. I even became a Reiki master in the process of wanting to heal myself. And really, uh, there was a journey of self-discovery through meditation, through uh, journaling, and through really wanting to understand how I, how this came to be, how I was was responsible for this, and how do I learn from it and change my life going forward so I don't repeat the lesson. And the lesson is of overgiving, not having boundaries, not knowing what I stand for and allowing everybody's agenda to be the agenda that I lived under. Like, oh, Pat, I'm working on a project. I need your help. I should have said, uh, well, you know, my job description doesn't really align with that. So uh, no. Uh, and just being able to have that level of discernment. Like, this is, this is what I value. This is who I am. This is my mission. And no, what you're asking me to do doesn't fit. And as much as I would like to help you, the answer is no. Well, I didn't have that. And through my journey of self-discovery, I realized I need to start putting boundaries in because I cannot be everything to everybody and be overgiving. So it was like a two by four right in the forehead. (laughs) Sometimes those lessons we have to learn the hard way. And when we don't learn them the first time, they come back around to get us. And you mentioned too, when you were talking about discovering these boundaries, um, you know, noticing yourself being angry and resentful and becoming aware that it was because of the situation you had created for yourself Mm -hmm. by not having these boundaries. And and that's one of the things that I like to tell people to watch out for is after you agree to something, you know, how do you feel? You've got to check in because it isn't their fault if you're not the one saying no. But we have to know first what our priorities are and what our boundaries are so that we can stand behind them. And so I know that you really dial into the nuances here. And I think this is a really powerful topic too along the way. So we'll, we'll dive in here in terms of how can we look at boundaries? Are, is there a broad slate or can we kind of see different types of boundaries? How do we explore these? Right. So uh, I love that question because uh, this will allow us to get everybody on the same page. So um, boundaries align with what we value in life and what matters most. And it teaches people how to treat us. And it also empowers us because when we know what we value and we're in alignment with what matters, it's easy to step into our, our, our power basically and be firm and live that life of our values. Because when we do, it really creates our ideal life. And when we do that, there are so many benefits. There's the the benefit of an increased self-esteem. You're more confident uh, you allow yourself to be true to yourself and you're you're more discerning about the things that you say yes to. So there are so many benefits. And when you do that, when you know what you stand for, and you know what to say yes and no to, your stress goes down. 
it definitely affects your stress level because you're only doing the things that that matter and that are aligned and that you value. And there are different types of uh, boundaries. And I just I'll just mention a few. One of them is relationship boundaries. And in, in relationship boundaries, the boundary begins when the other per, where the other person be, where the other person ends. So wherever you went and where they begin is that's where the boundary. And you uh, you get to choose how you interact with uh, interact with others and how you respond to other people's needs, thoughts, and behaviors. You get to choose how to do that. And there's one example that that comes up right away is. Um, have you ever been with anyone and then within a short amount of time, they just drain your energy? Oh, yes, there are those, aren't they? I think everybody can relate to. Yep. <laughs> Whether it's on the phone or in person, but by the time you, you know, finish uh, having a conversation with them, you're just like, wow, I just feel totally drained. Well, this is where you put in a boundary. This is where you put in a boundary. Sometimes, you know, the person that drains you can be your boss or it can be your favorite client or it can even be a family member. And what's important about that boundary is to know, well, when I work with Matt, you know, I, I will go in and have a conversation with him and, and I will limit the conversation to what's important and limit the conversation to 15 minutes. And after that, I know that it's time to hang up. So it's about limiting the amount of time that we spend with people that don't give us any energy. And that's a really important boundary to set. And it's also with people that are very negative, that really don't support you is to understand that it's important to have a boundary around people that are like that, especially if they're in your immediate circle and um, you just can't walk away from those uh, walk away with them because it could be your mom, you know, it could be your husband or your, you know, your best friend or your neighbor. And so they're in your circle often. So that's really important about uh, being able to set boundaries on relationships. And the other one is time. You know, so many women entrepreneurs, and I know you, I know you know this, Susie, is that if you were to ask them, okay, what are your hours that you that you want to be able to run your business? Well, nine to six. And I say, well, do you keep those hours? What do you think they say? No, no, I think they say no. They say <laughs> no. Really? They really? say no. So most of us as women entrepreneurs don't even honor our business hours. We don't honor them. And we work, you know, 15, 16 hour days and we're exhausted. And it comes back to honoring those hours within our business so that we can spend time with our family, feed our soul, fill our cup. Because the work will be there tomorrow. The work will be there tomorrow. And it's uh, especially hard when your, uh, your office is at home because you'll, you'll go by your office like, I'm just going to check one more. I'm just going to check email for five minutes and see if, you know, I got that email from, you know, Patsy, whatever. And then you're there for 10, 15, 20, and then, you know, you get swallowed up by those kind of um, mm -hmm. concerns. So it is about... Um, setting boundaries on time and setting and understanding uh, and having boundaries around what makes you thrive. Like what does your mind, body, and soul need in order, you, in order for you to thrive every day and having a boundary around that. So I'm a perfect example of that. My first hour of the day is my hour. I use it to exercise, journal, meditate, you know, read my uh, affirmation cards, 
get in, get in sync with the three most important things that I need to do. Because when I do that, I feel grounded. I feel good about myself. I'm energized because of the exercise. And I tell my husband, this first hour is sacred. After this first hour, um, whatever you need, you know, I will be there for you to support you. I'll fix you breakfast, whatever it is. But this first hour is my hour and being able to share that. Mm -hmm. So the important thing about not only knowing what you value, what matters most, and then aligning your, uh, your boundaries with that is that you have to tell people that boundary. Just like I tell my husband, the first hour of the day is my hour. So after that, I'm all yours. And it's having the conversation with your customers saying, you know what, I'm going to start being strict. I'm going to honor my business hours. And after six o'clock, you know, if you call me after that, leave a message and I will give you a call the following morning. Whatever that boundary is, is when you communicate it to others and you say why you're honoring that boundary, then people will understand. Because many times when you set a boundary, like I'm no longer going to uh, be open after six o'clock, these are my business hours, you know, my kids, my grandkids are, you know, I want to go watch them play their sports or whatever that is. And you share that with them. Then what happens is that they have to do something. And most of the time when you set a boundary, the other person has to change. That means, oh, oh, okay. So, oh my God. Okay. So I don't, I need to make sure that I call Pat before 530, because if I call her after six, she's not going to answer. So sometimes there, there will be some resistance to that. And you know what, when you set a boundary, you can't control how other people think and what they feel. You just have to honor, honor yourself and what is true to you and let the cards fall where they may. Yes, absolutely. And and what you illustrated there is so important. You have to explain to people that this boundary is in place and it might take some retraining because a lot of times we recognize once we push pause and say, why am I so frustrated? What is not working? Why am I feeling so burned out? How can I corral some of these issues? We might have some retraining to do that might be our partner or spouse and certainly our clients who have mm -hmm. been able to get away with a little extra because, yeah. I mean, we're, we're called to do what we do because we're on a mission. So a lot of times, you know, we're heart led people and we do have to recognize that if we don't fill our own cup, we don't have anything to share with others. So it's important yeah. to be present and to get clarity. And I wonder if you find, I'd love to hear what your, your thoughts about recognizing where these boundaries are. In my experience, I feel like it's something we don't give ourselves the time to get clear on what matters to us, where our priorities are. We just kind of are operating at full capacity. And sometimes we, we lose that perspective. We do. We are uh, on automatic pilot. We're on automatic pilot. And my recommendation really to that is uh, to every day, you know, just stop. And even before you start your ask, before your day starts, ask yourself, what do I want? What do I want? What do I want coming out of this meeting? What do I want coming out of this conversation? What do I want? And just start getting clear on what it is you want and what you value. And the other, the other way of asking that same question and becoming clear is 
what am I available for and not available for? Mm-hmm. So that's another way in which you create boundaries. And a habit that I would recommend is at the end of your day is to look at your day and say what, what went well and why, what didn't go well and why. So if you, ha- if you went into a meeting and the meeting was just disorganized and, and everybody ranted and raved and, and, um, and it's not your meeting and you ended up not getting the decision you wanted. So you can go back and say, okay, so what went wrong here? What will I do differently? And then you ask yourself, what am I available for? So I'm available to go into meetings when there is a clear agenda and the people who need to make the decisions are in the meeting. So the next time you're invited to a meeting, you say, may I have a copy of the agenda? And will all the decision makers be in the meeting? And so now that's what you're available for. And if it doesn't happen, you don't step into that space anymore. Right, right. When, When we have the clarity and the boundaries in place, then we can, we're just much better prepared to honor our own time and energy. Mm-hmm. There's so many opportunities for that to be drained away. And then we're kind of trying to clean up, trying to restore ourselves, which is a tough, tough thing to manage. Yeah. After the fact is harder, right? After you get the diagnosis, after you get the migraine headache or the stomach ache, after the fact that you end up in bed with a cold because you didn't honor the self-care that was really needed, or you didn't honor the boundary. Because sometimes we, we set boundaries and you say, okay, our family is going to have dinner once a week. And when we have dinner, there's going to be no technology on the table. Well, for kids that are in their teens and in their twenties, you know, that's like, Oh my God, you got to be kidding me. Right. So there's going to be a lot of resistance. And so, you know, they'll make, Oh, well, you know, I'm, I'm waiting for this call or I'm waiting for that. And then as soon as you give in, guess what? Well, mom, you let last time we went to eat dinner, you let me, you know, blah, blah, blah. And so you have to stay firm on your boundaries and not give that wiggle room because once you do then people will think well like i can just step over this boundary it doesn't matter it does it doesn't matter enough to her because she gave me the wiggle room to ignore it can't do that yeah i can't do that so you have to stay firm even even uh even if you have to deal with resistance from other people so it becomes really important Yes. And I appreciate your point too, that you were making in that as you're explaining where your boundaries are, giving reason for it is acceptable. You don't have to make excuses or feel bad that you're making this request. You have this right to delineate this space and and explain what your needs are. And, and, And I think that's a very important thing, especially kids, some coworkers, you know, people who tend to think they can take an inch and then push for a mile. So it's a slippery slope. (laughs) It is a slippery slope for sure. Yeah, for sure. And really giving yourself permission to set the boundary. Yes, especially if this is a new practice. (laughs) (laughs) Which it will be for some of the women who are listening to this call is that it will be, if you have not been, you know, setting boundaries, you know what it feels like. It's that level of frustration and you're bitter and you're angry at other people, but really it comes down to you not setting the boundary and, and really being really clear about what you're available for and not available in your life and in your business. So 
Yes. And, and so I love those uh, questions and I hope that folks take, make note of those too. What do I want? What am I available for? And what am I not available for? We get to draw those lines for ourselves. So my question to you, Susie, is what are you available for? <laughs> What's one example? What's one example right? of what you're available for, right? I am available for people who are equally engaged in bringing their energy to the meeting and not sitting back and waiting for solutions to be handed to them. I love it. I'm available for inviting clients to work with me that bring me joy. Yes. And are willing to do the work. I'm available for that. Definitely. And I'm available for chocolate also, by the way. Ooh, I'll add that. To <laughs> Just so you know. <laughs> <laughs> and, and I hope that um, as folks are listening or watching, they take this opportunity to claim something because the energy that comes with that statement just hits you right away. And this is what we need to call in more of. Just really take that in, how empowering it is to make a claim on our own behalf. Especially, as you said, if this is a new practice, we have to start building these muscles and getting used to it. It feels a little awkward at first. Mm -hmm. And that's just because it's something that we haven't been doing the way that we can. So, yeah. 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 It's, it's, it's practice. And um... And once you start setting your boundaries, you will experience a sense of freedom that you're, you're, you will say, I'm going to start setting boundaries in life, in business, in here and there. And the level of stress will go down. You're going to feel more empowered, confident. It's like you're going to say, why didn't I do this before? Yeah, why didn't I do this before? Yeah, it's, it's a wonderful way to be shifting into momentum, right? To come back to the things that you love about what you do instead of spending a lot of time dealing with the things that drain you. Exactly. And then and being aware, you know, when you, when you do something that drains you and, and you say, God, this activity really drains me. Okay, I am no longer available for that. Once you recognize it and you become aware, I'm not available for that. Or when something really good happens and you're like, oh my God, I felt really good after this meeting. I'm available for more of that. And just start, like you say, start calling it in. Start calling it in. Yeah. It's powerful. Beautiful. And so in your work with women who are building their careers, are there other ways in which you find them getting stuck or finding frustration that tend to be common themes? Boundaries are certainly a big one, but beyond that? Yeah, boundaries are, are certain um, a big one of that. Well, I would say the, the other one is uh, living through intention. So I believe that, you know, whatever you think about, you will bring about and when you're in that thought of this is what I want to see happen, this is how I want to feel as I'm going through it, uh, this is what I want others to feel, you start actually requesting that from the universe. Just like for this podcast, you know, my intention was, my intention with this podcast is for Susie and I to make a difference in just one woman's life today. And that Susie and I will share our wisdom and we'll have fun doing it. And then I just let that go. And when we live our life with intention and really thinking from the end in mind, and then just asking for that every day, your life will change. 
because so many times we just get up and do the activity and go through the motions without really setting the intention when you absolutely have the ability to set the energy, the feeling and the thought for what you want to see happen. And I take it a step further. Not only do I say, this is what I want. This is my intention for this podcast. I'll say, I'll answer the question, how do I want to feel? So I'll say, okay, this is my intention. I want this podcast to be amazing for us to affect one woman, for us to share our wisdom, have fun. And I want to feel good. I want to feel connected to Susie and, and the audience who will later, who are listening and will later listen. I want to feel articulate. I want to feel intuitive. And I just really bring all that, that, in, that those characteristics into the space. And then I ask and I answer, how do I want Susie to feel? Well, I want Susie to feel good. I want Susie to be engaged. I want Susie to have fun with me and say, you know what? This is one of the best podcasts we've ever had. And that's how you set intention. And that's how you live through intention. Your life will change when you start living through your intention. Yeah. Absolutely will. And I've heard that phrase uh, framed several different, several different ways, but I love mm-hmm. the way that you put it today, what you think about, you bring about. Mm-hmm. And so many people put all of their attention and energy into the ways that things can go wrong. Yes. And my husband is a bit of a ruminator and I remind him now and then that if that's what you're looking for, it's really easy to find it. So when yes. we start looking for what we want to call in, when we work from where our intention is, as opposed to the possible concerns, of course, there are those. And we can be prepared for those without putting all of our energy into what could go wrong. Absolutely. And again, it's a very pow- empowering and uplifting energy to come from the intention and what we are trying to create. And, and you know, it, it, it can be on the simple, simplest things, right? When you go to the grocery store, my intention is to get the closest parking to the door. It can be as simple as that, or it can be as sophisticated as my intention is to create a proposal that my client is going to fall in love with. So you can just use it. You, once you get used to living through intention, it just changes your life. And anytime you do something, the first thing you do is you set intention for that activity, that conversation, that meeting, even creative work, right? I intend to sit down for these two hours and give all my energy and my thought to creating this one class. Mm-hmm. And you should, it'll be amazing what happens when you do that. And that's another, that's another boundary that, that I want to mention is, um, Having values align with your boundaries and then being know how to, knowing how to set them. Should we tell them how we, how to set boundaries? That would be terrific. We're so going to tell you how to set boundaries. You need to learn. So we want to walk. So we're going to empower you not only on how to set intentions, but also how to set the boundary. So one exercise that I take all my clients through is, and there's a freebie that's associated with the steps that I'm about to cover with you. So the first step is to identify what you value, what you value. We have a lot of values and really, like you said, we don't stop and think about 
what those values are. What I, is it peace, family time, adventure, integrity, honesty, creative time, travel? What are those values? And start with a list of 10. And you'll probably have more than 10, but I just want you to start with a list of 10 and just go through uh, what you value. And if you get stuck, you can do a search on values. And there's a, a number of sites that have up to 100 values listed where you can just look through the list and just identify what values are important to you just to kind of get your mind going. And so when you once you identify those 10, then I want you to shrink them down to just five, just five values, because that's a good, a good place to actually start setting boundaries. So I'm going to give you an example. So one of my values is quality time. So that's one of my top five is that quality time. So I value quality time. And so I need, this is part two, I need focused one-on-one attention with my husband. So my value is quality time. So I need focused one-on-one attention with my husband. And how will I honor that? So step number three, the third step is to identify what's the action, what's the behavior. So for me, it's date nights. So I will have date nights, right? So that's one example. Another value is um, creative time. So I value being having the creative time to write, create a course, etc. So for me, I need undivided attention to be able to focus on that creative time and have that create that space. So I honor that daily by blocking out from nine to 11 is my creative time. I don't take any calls. I'm not on social media. I don't have any meetings. I turn off my phone. And for those two hours, all I do is call in my creative angels and do the creative work. So that's how easy it is. It's what are your values? Identifying them. So what do you need in reference to that value? And then how will you honor that value? How will you honor that value? And then you can take, you do the same thing for the, for the four of them, right? For your other, for your other four, your other five. And, and then start thinking about maybe the conversations that you have to have, especially involve other people, right? But if they involve you, then this is a great way to really start honoring your, your, uh, your boundaries. And then you'll start, you can set another boundary as it relates to content. You know, we are, we have received so much information through social media and the news, uh, email, you know, that's, that's another type of boundary is the content boundary. And um, you could set a boundary around that, you know, that you value, you, you value being knowledgeable, but you don't let it become all consuming, right? So you value your content. So I need just enough information to know what's going on in the world, but not to be in front of the TV for five hours. So I'm going to honor that by setting my limit of just 30 minutes a day, catching up with the news, and then that's it. So that's the way you you tie into keeping on top of things and setting a boundary so it doesn't become all consuming. So yeah, it's, it's pretty powerful. Once you start setting your boundaries, man, 
your life will change because you're just going to start living your life according to your values. And that's what creates an ideal life. Mm -hmm. Yes. And I love that intentionality and awareness that is part of the process. Because again, we tend to go through life trying to keep up and not carving out the time to honor ourselves by really getting clear on what it is that serves us and what we Mm -hmm. need. And so this exercise of self-exploration is so important because I mean, how many of us can rattle off five values off the top of our fingers? Some of us Mm -hmm. in this space, you know, we've gone through exercises like this Mm -hmm. and it's easier for some than others. So I love your suggestion too, that if you take it, if you do an online search, if you feel like you're struggling for what these values are, you know, make a list, come back to it through the day, let some ideas bubble up. But sometimes we need to expand our vocabulary and take a look at a list because there might be something there that we haven't put any attention or energy to that's really been missing. So, and then having that clarity and a game plan because willpower is finite, but when we have our why, the reason that our driving force is clear, it's much easier to commit to that creative space and turn off notifications for two hours not be available for meetings. People might just have to wait another day or three to get in front of you mm-hmm. so that you can do what you're, what you're driven by, what you're passionate about bringing into existence because no one else can create what we're here to create. Mm-hmm. It Beautiful. is so That's true. Helpful. I'm, I'm glad we, we dug in a little more deeply into how to establish those boundaries. Because again, I think it's, it's a skill that many of us could uh, use some, some honing. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, exactly. It's, it's, um, you know, boundaries are really important. They, they contribute to, uh, our success and, um, yeah, your life becomes juicier. Yes. And isn't that what we're all working so hard for? Mm -hmm. And I find that many people think we have to dig in. We have to work really hard right now. As soon as we're successful, then we can get to the things that light us up. And we tend to put ourselves last. And so um, this kind of clarity, being clear on your values, quality time with the people that we love, what we are here to create, when we can keep those on the top of the list and not let them get bumped by other people's priorities, then we do have more time available. We do have more energy to put to the things that matter because we're not coming in at the end of the list all the time. (laughs) <laughs> and, and what, um, what I'd like for, um, for our, our listeners is that as you start, uh, creating boundaries, there's a plane flying over me, uh, and you start living your boundaries, then the other women around you, your daughters, your nieces, your sisters, you become a role model for them. Mm-hmm. So not only do you start changing your life, but we actually start affecting the planet, right? We start affecting other women and we invite them to start setting boundaries for themselves. And that creates a ripple effect. Of the best sort. Absolutely. We really, the most inspiration comes by doing, comes by living true to our principles and our passions. And I think that is important. And, you know, perhaps that resistance, when you start 
defining your boundaries and telling people what you are and aren't available for might come from a good friend, might come from someone within your family who says, who are you to say, I can't call you while you're working, right? Or I can't call you after you're off the work clock. Um, And after that initial resistance, you know, as they watch you walk forward in integrity, they get to see that that does work, that they can do that for themselves. We need to light that spark in others because sometimes doing is much more effective than telling. (laughs) Yes, I totally agree with you. Right. Just having them, just doing it and having them observe you, it's, you know, it will, will work. Definitely will work. So, yeah. And so you have actually a terrific resource that's available to our audience on boundaries. And so we'll have that link in the, in the show notes as well. Yes. And so you yes. can get a little support in creating your own. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. So the steps that we covered uh, today on setting the boundaries, starting with the 10 values and going down to five, and then what you value. So what do you need? and how you honor it, it's all in there and explains how to do it. So it's a, it's a really good cheat sheet for you to set in boundaries. And it's at my website, majesticcoachinggroup.com slash setting dash boundaries. Very simple. You can just download it and um, set a boundary. Yeah, get started today. Get started today. <laughs> and so in your work with the women whom you coach, you're able to take a very personalized approach. And I'd love for you to share a little bit about that too, um, in how people can really work with their strengths, as opposed to feeling like they're trying to fit into a mold that doesn't really let them be authentic. You know, we have been, we have, we have been trained by society to try to fit into other people's world and other people's boxes. And um, after a while, you know, you start feeling out of sorts and you're not aligned. And so what I like to do is I like to work with uh, with women according to their human design and human design is it's a modality that it's a self-discovery tool. It is a performance tool that is based on your birth date and time. It combines astrology, I Ching, you know, several modalities into one juicy um, modality called human design. And so everybody's different. And what I like about the human design is that I will sit down uh, with women and I'll ask them, where, do you, where are you? Where do you want to go? And let's use your human design, the way that you, our human design will tell us who we're meant to serve, how we're meant to serve them, how we're uh, how we're meant to market, how we're meant to lead, how we're meant to make decisions. And so it's really a profound way to scale their business. And it's very tailored to their specific design or blueprint. Some call it user's guide. And it really uh, ends up being a lot of fun for both of us because it's a no-brainer to do, uh, to do and grow your business the way that you were meant to do and grow your business. So there's no guessing, there's no trying to find, try to follow someone guru's formula. It's your personal formula that we're activating to help you move your business to the next level. And I just, I just love it. Human design for business. Yeah. 
Mm. Mm -hmm. And I um, have been familiar, um, you know, taking a look at exploring my own human design chart and looking up resources. And when we first talked and you talked about how this can be a tool to help you have your most authentic and effective business, that really kind of lit off some light bulbs for me, because as I've been growing my business, there are so many people ready to tell you the best way to do what, <laughs> how, to, where to start, what your marketing should sound like, who you should be looking for, what your business should look like. And we can put a lot of energy and, and a lot of time into things that don't resonate with us. And so with this little guide map, we can say, no, that might work for you, right? And we can let that go mm -hmm. and stick with something that is going to be in flow for us so we can be working with more ease and less force. Absolutely. There's a lot of things vying for our attention and energy. So we don't need to be giving it up where we don't need to be. <laughs> yeah, I totally agree with you. Absolutely. So yes, it's um, it's been very profound. Um, women have really been able to scale their business because now they're in alignment with who they are and they're just honoring who they are. And how easy is that? You know, just be totally authentic and grow your business from the way you were meant to. Yeah, it's really a lot of fun to be able to grow a business that way. Yes, and, and as someone who has, you know, in your own experience, pushed yourself to the limits and then had to come back and learn a different way of being, a different way of holding your own space in business, you know, you really have that perspective of, of seeing all sides of that equation where people might be in terms of how well they're holding their own space and supporting their own energy mm -hmm. so that they can do what they really dream of doing. Yeah, absolutely. Because everybody has a specific set of talents, gifts, and experiences, and the world is waiting, waiting for them to step up and step out in a big way. And, uh, and being able to use human design to, for me to be able to help women that way is so satisfying. It's really satisfying to see it. Yeah, that's beautiful. I, I love your mission. Um, we need a lot of people shining their light right now. Mm -hmm. And, and when you're working, you know, authentically and integrity with what's important to you, that's a lot easier to do. Yeah, it is. Is there anything else that we didn't have time to touch in on or um, other things they might find on your website? There's so many things available. Yeah, there well, your work is so, so fast. Thank you for asking. Um, I, I do have a bestseller, Catherine's Quest, One Woman's Journey to Elation. And this book is all about self-leadership, which is the, everything that we've talked about today is about self-leadership. Uh, the power of intention is in here and we go to it a little deeper. So uh, this particular book, it's an easy read. It's 89 pages. And it's about a woman who loses everything. She loses her, her husband, her job, her home, and starts has to pick herself from the bootstraps and has to go through self-discovery, self-leadership, and then how to come out on the other end happier and in a state of elation. So it's a juicy story. I have put my musings in here. I provide different tips and techniques. It also comes with uh, a journal and affirmation cards. And you can get this on my website oh, under Catherine's Quest tabs. Yeah. 
So, and you mentioned using your affirmation cards too uh, earlier in our conversation. And so that's something that I enjoy. I have a different deck. It looks like you created that one. And I think that's so powerful too. Something that, that people can do, you know, make your own um, deck of cards but, and draw from others. But how do you, how do you use them to start your day? So I, I'm going to call, I'm going to draw a card for us. All right. So I definitely tap it three times to put my, to put our energy in here. And then I just, I just pick one and I just read it. So the one that I picked for us is I bring my passion to my work. It's the perfect card. Bring my passion to my work. It's a perfect card. And then every chapter has a specific theme. And so every card is associated with a chapter in the book. Yes. Mm, Beautiful. And, you know, given life has been difficult lately over this last year and a half. Mm-hmm. Um, people have been through a lot. And so this story of a woman who had to come back from so much mm-hmm. and maintain her hope and her vision, I think is, is a beautiful one. I'm so glad that you've written that and made that available. And I love the journal and cards because then you really get to take those lessons with you mm-hmm. and, and dig deeper and really Absolutely. integrate that. Yes. Yes. Thank you for allowing me to share that with, uh, with your audience. Absolutely. I'm so glad that you've created it and make it available. And I love the mission of the work that you do. So thank you for making time to join us today. I'm so glad that you brought this to the conversation. And I know that more than one woman is going to have her ears opened and some light bulbs turned on. And um, I look forward to it. Thank you so much. Thank you so much for hosting this show. I can tell you have a lot of fun doing it. And there's a sense of wisdom that you share at every show because I can feel that sense of wisdom. And so you and I are on the same, are on the same path. We want to make a difference with people and have them live a happier life. So I thank you for your mission. Thank you. Thank you very much. It's, it's uh, nice to give people permission to have more joy. Yes. More of us need to step up and hold that flag. So I'm glad to have you with me. Thank you so much. (laughs) Take good care of yourself. You too. Thank you for tuning in today. Check out the show notes for any links we mentioned. To learn more about living life with less stress and more flow, visit happifiedlife.com. And if you found value in today's episode, make sure you subscribe to catch the next one and leave a review to help fellow pod surfers find Happified. Until next time, keep on shining.